Beyond the Fence Line, a podcast brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust. Created by landowners for landowners, we're proud to play a role in conserving the Texas legacy of wide open spaces. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Fence Line. I'm Chad Ellis, the CEO of Texas Agricultural Land Trust. Uh, we've got a special guest, uh, really close, uh, I mean, one of my best friends and not only one of my great friends, but a, a great friend to rangeland and grazing lands across across the, the nation, uh, Mr. Rob Cook um, with Bamert Seed. And uh, Rob and I have known each other and worked together for, for decades. Um, working with uh, actually starting off in school and, and NRCS and Noble and, and uh, get to work with Rob uh, on the board with the National Grazing Land Coalition. So again, it's a pleasure to have you uh, join us today, Rob. Well, thanks, Chad. It's a, it's a great pleasure of mine too. And th thank you for all, all that you do for the grazing lands across, across the nation. But I you know, look forward to the conversation. It's going to be a great one. Yeah, no, thanks, Rob. And, you know, I think likewise to you as well. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's it's fun to, you know, work with people that have the same passion for our land stewards and our grazing lands. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's probably one of my most enjoyable things is our National Grazing Land Coalition Board and working with that. It's definitely an extended family. And, um, you know, talking about family, I guess, Rob, you know, and thinking about that. Um, I mean, you work for a, a family owned, really well established, the, you know, the best of the best in the seed business with Bamert Seed and really, you know, Bamert Seed's, you know, well-known company with the agricultural industry. And, you know, it's like y'all saying every seed, um, for you, for your need, whether it's urban landscape, habitat, pleasure, I mean, pastures reclaimed, I mean, you, you kind of do it all and y'all are definitely the experts and love for you to kind of share with the audience sort of the history of, of uh, Bamert Seed. I mean, to me, it's amazing, amazing story. You bet, Chad, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we appreciate that opportunity. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity to me and I feel blessed to be able to to, to work where I do, be able to live in the part of the world I do and work for such a great company, a great family. Actually kind of established here in, in uh, Muleshoe, Texas in 1951. Founder, founder was uh, Carl Bammert. And he, he kind of, um, it's an interesting story. He kind of started in the seed business uh, kind, of, kind of by, by accident. Um, he had some seed that he was producing, uh, filled for some other folks and uh, kind of got left with his crop uh to uh to to market on his own and that was kind of the beginning of the seed company um and it, you know started off with three or four different species and that's kind of the, the way the industry was uh back in those early days is there wasn't a whole lot of biodiversity or variety being produced but um carl started the company and, and grew it and um and and really started uh, you know kind of adding more species to the list and then um his son Nick, after he, after he went to Texas A&M, came back and started taking over the reins. About the time that um, the the um, you know the 85 Farm Bill came out, right. started some of those conservation programs, and Nick really expanded the company. Um, 
and started uh, providing seed for a lot of CRP projects kind of across the southern half of the U.S. And uh, CRP kind of allowed the company to, to blossom and grow underneath Nick's leadership and his, his foresight. And uh, Nick's still involved day-to-day. Uh, -day. He's in the office every day. I get to talk with him every day and learn from his experience, uh, not just in the seed industry, but um, uh, you know, managing the farms. Uh, um, we, we grow the majority of the seed we sell on our own farms here in, in the Panhandle, the, the vast majority of it. And Nick's had years of experience and the company's had, you know, it's 1951 years of experience of, of, of how to produce those and manage our ecological processes along the way and be good stewards of, 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 our, of our land as, as, you know, as we're producing this seed. So we feel like we kind of are able to multiply that stewardship by then having that product to go out. Um, so today, um, uh, Nick's sons are both leaders in the company. Brett is our, is our president and kind of oversees day to day. And, um, and Austin, who's the vice president and, and manages all the production. Um, it's a great story about, about um, succession planning and the way the family's been able to accomplish it, um, uh, not only pass along the business, but the, the land stewardship ethic and being able to continue that. So to, you know, today, um, the, the market's kind of changed. Uh, the, um, the market's demanding more biodiversity, which is a great thing. So today we produce about 120 to 140 different species and varieties uh, across our, our acreage. And then uh, we, we produce those and able to sell those as custom blends, uh, kind of like you said earlier, for several different uses. Uh, for urban habitat, for, for wildlife pollinators, uh, pasture reclamation land use changes, oil and gas uh, pipelines reclamation, uh, uh, text dot, you know, uh, construction reclamation on those, on those types of projects, just wildlife habitat enhancements. Um, so it, it is a it is a great story about um, about the the way the Bamerts as a family have been able to evolve with the demands on the industry and been able to meet those uh, like I said across across the nation. Last last year we sold to to forty seven of the of the lower forty eight states um, in, in the nation, uh, but the majority of our seed is is developed um, and and produced for Texas, Eastern New Mexico, Eastern Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma. Um, and and um, we, we, we pride ourselves on, on producing the right seed for the right place. Um, so, so that's what our folks, folks do. Our sales staff is, is, uh, is pretty unique across the seed industry. Um, they're, they're more ecologists than they are seed salesmen. They're ecologists that are able to, you know, able to, to help our customers, but we really want to make sure that we're getting the right seed in the right place. Not only the right varieties to match the site, but also, I mean, the right species to match the site, but also the right varieties of those species to match the site. So the majority of what we sell is site-specific custom blends to meet the goals of the project, while also uh, make sure that seed's adaptable to the soils and the ecology of that area. Yeah, I think that's what's really unique, Rob. I mean, when you think about it, right? I mean, 
stewardship isn't an investment. And um, I mean, you guys are more, you know, come to it as more of a partner and, uh, you know, um, providing more service than just, you know, selling seed. I mean, you're, you're there helping um, really empower that land steward to, to have the best economical and ecological uh, success on their place. So it's pretty special. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, and I, I know you realize how blessed you are, you know, working for the Bammerts. I mean, I mean, Nick and Brett, Austin, I mean, just, I mean, wonderful people. I mean, just, you know, um, you know, just down to earth. I mean, just as genuine as you can, you can be and, and you can see it in, in the company, right? And and their, their uh, you know, values come, you know, family values to, and, you know, it's more of an extended family to, you know, everybody they work with and those clients. And uh, it's pretty special. You know, I, I guess, you know, a question I have, you know, sitting there thinking about the story you mentioned, right? Of, in ninth, you know, Nick coming in right at the time of the 85 farm bill and the switch of, you know, some of that and, and seeing the advantage, you know, kind of fast forward to, you know, 2022, we're, we're right around the corner for the 23 farm bill, right? And I know you've been working, you know, hand in hand with me thinking about that, you know, from, I, I guess a question I'm, you know, just kind of popped in my mind, Rob, is how is, you know, you and Brett and Austin, and, and even Nick, right, thinking about this 23 Farm Bill, what are, you know, what are those areas where Bama can help, you know, agriculture in the next Farm Bill, and what are those potential, you know, things coming down the pipeline, and you kind of really hit a little bit about it, thinking about, you know, you move from, you know, three, three to four, you know, varieties or, or species to, you know, well over 120 species, and that biodiversity component. Uh, love to hear kind of your thoughts of, you know, maybe it's even beyond this farm bill, just kind of where you're seeing the industry and things moving. Yeah, you know, um, Chad, we, we talk about it all the, all the time and, and uh, biodiversity is, um, in our eyes is gonna be key moving forward, especially in, this, in the Southern Great Plains for, for a lot of different reasons. You know, and you've, you've had some great discussions on, on the podcast about um, ecosystem services and and uh, what those provide for society. And, you know, a lot of the backbone of a lot of where that comes from is is, is from the biodiversity. And if, if you think about um, kind of the, the the situation we're in with 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 the drought we're experiencing right now and the kind of those those hard times, um, Biodiversity is one of the insulators um, uh, that we have against against drought, it, and and helps us pr to provide resilient landscapes. Um, you know, right. across uh, across our state. If you think about the a native grass a native grass stand, um, you know it's it's not it, it's not a monoculture. It's a lot of heterogeneity out there, and in some folks' eyes, it it looks messy. Uh, but all of those different structures of all of those different plants growing on there, you know, in my eyes, pretty beautiful. Uh, just from our experience, uh, you know, through the decades of managing these ecosystem services, helping folks manage those services and that biodiversity above ground 
creates biodiversity with the, with the animals that utilize. It also has biodiversity uh, below ground. All those different roots of all those different plants below ground look different. Um, they have different structures. They're in different parts of the soil profile and uh, they all function a little bit different. So, you know, in a, in a monocultured system, um, those plants have the same root structure. They're the same part of the, of the soil profile and they're demanding nutrients and resources like water at the same time because they all have the same growth curve and at the same part uh, of the soil profile. So there's a lot of uh, competition happening. That biodiversity, we're able to, um, to, you know, to, to have those resource demands uh, because of the different growth curves and the, and the different the, the different structures of those roots at different times throughout the year and at different parts of the profile. So maybe limiting some of that, um, some of that competition. It, it also attracts a, you know, a biodiversity of the flora and fauna underground. Those root exudates that all those different plants put on attract different microorganisms. And, and so because of that biodiversity below ground and, and, and the way all those organisms are acting together, our nutrient cycles function better and healthy. Uh, our water cycle functions and our energy cycle functions. You know, the, the majority of our organic matter um, in the soil comes from, from the roots and the exudates they put off and then the microbes in the soil. And so, you know, that's, a, that's another piece of it to me is, is um, the, the carbon issue, carbon sequestration. And, you know, it, it doesn't make a difference uh, to me what side of, of the coin that our, that our producers and our customers set uh, on that issue, because it's an opportunity for all of us uh, to be able to manage it. and biodiversity and, and creating more of that organic matter and that carbon uh, and the soil is an opportunity for our customers and our producers. And we work not only to, to help them establish that biodiversity, but some consultation to help manage it, to put them in the position to take advantage of those opportunities uh, if and when they come down the line, you know, for those producers uh, or land managers. Um, also that increase in carbon helps, uh, you know, increase our water storage capacity that's really drives it home you know where we oh, are yeah. today where we are the drought yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and our soil structure that happens because of all that so the soil structure will increase our water infiltration and so that means that more of our rain that, that that falls on our land becomes effective rainfall we're able to use more of that rain uh, for our water cycle and our healthy lands with the increased biodiversity from a diverse uh, native species blend. Those deep-rooted plants, and like I discussed earlier, all those different structures really help with our, with, our, um, with our soil structure and increasing our water infiltration and capturing more of that water, utilizing more of that water, and having that healthier um, water cycle. Um, you know, from the pollinator standpoint, um, you know, that's, that's uh, popular, um, rightly so, um, you know, in a lot of, a lot of areas. And the, the biodiversity, including grasses in that, uh, you know, help, helps increase 
uh, that habitat for those for those pollinators and wildlife, and, and you know, hopefully help with uh, decrease a little bit of the fragmentation. It seems to be a lot of the issue with with many of those species. So you know, that's that's really our goal, and really where we come from as a company is is we um, not only providing the, the seed. You know, we don't try to to push what we have the most of in the warehouse. Um, we have to live with our outcomes. So to have uh, successful outcomes, we want to have good consultation of, of how to establish th these grasses, how to establish the correct grasses, and then kind of how to manage them afterwards, um, wh whether it's in a wildlife, a grazing, or, or just a reclamation um, um, situation, uh, you know, we kind of have the staff to do it, and that's where we come from, and that's a lot of where we think the company can help um, with Farm Bill with different programs, um, and, and then just um, as we move forward, um, you know, we see these ecosystem services playing a larger, larger role, especially in um, some of our rural areas. Um, um, you, you take the, the Southern Ogallala, for instance, um, with the depletion of that, um, the proper management and maybe taking advantage of some of these opportunities for ecosystem services and markets that might come from that uh, will facilitate uh, maybe some, you know, some updates in, in some of our farming practices and help keep our area vibrant and our small communities vibrant and, and healthy uh, because we're able to we'll help our producers stay on the land and we're also able to um, increase the biodiversity across the landscape, even in, in a setting that's maybe not a, in an ag setting. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, it's amazing, man, just listening to you, right? It's, it's, it's more than just throwing some seed out there. And, and I mean, you just really articulated very well, uh, you know, it, it's more than that, right? It, it's that seed and the right seed, the right time, you know, the right everything and, and what it means, um, you know, staying in the business and keeping, you know, uh, keeping increasing the, you know, the water capacity and everything else, right? And it's just complex. And again, you know, having that, that help, um, thinking through that process is, is very needed, you know? Um, I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, you kind of talked about the drought, where we are today, right, Rob? And I mean, what kind of suggestions uh, kind of, I guess, going back to sort of y'all's consultation or, or, you know, visiting with, with folks calling, thinking about planting and buying seed. I mean, what's your suggestions now? And, you know, how are you looking at it from the drought perspective? Sure. Yeah. It, you know, the, the unfortunate thing about, about a, a drought like that is it really um, oftentimes, uh, exacerbates issues and really brings things to light. So oftentimes, you know, in a drought like this, when we do have uh, uh, maybe, uh, you know, some issues with, with forage uh, available for our cattle or, or other issues bring to light, you know, we really, everybody's trying to get something growing and they really understand that we need to get the ground covered for, for several different reasons. Just by the time we get to this point, um, it's extremely difficult, and um, you, you know, I, planting native grass is 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 not a cheap or easy proposition. And uh, we we don't want don't want it to sound like that. We want to have everybody have the real a realistic expectation of it. So we need to um, 
do everything we can up front to help make sure that we, we have success uh, in establishing that stand. You know, so what we're telling folks a lot right now is um, in a lot of places are finally starting to get some rain and we're, we're really late um, in the season to be maybe planting some, some native grass. Um, the reason being is a perennial plant, um, like a warm season uh, perennial native grasses, if, if we don't give them enough time during the growing season to establish a healthy root system, uh, yeah. come winter, um, we're going to have, if we do get a stand, you know, by, by winter and we have cold weather, we're going to have a stand reduction. Right. Um, so a lot of times what we recommend right now is, is maybe plant, um, we plant a cover um, and it doesn't have to be a full rate of, of whatever we're looking at, a, a cool season annual. Uh, you know, at this point, I might even throw a little bit of warm season annual with our cool season annual, get the ground covered, um, you know, stop or slow uh, any wind erosion that we might have, water erosion that we might have, get a living root in the ground and, and keep our biology going underground and then be ready. Hopefully next spring's growing conditions will, will improve and we'll be able to plant straight into that cover crop with, with our um, perennial grasses and really have a better shot of, of having a, a, a established stand um, next spring and, and you know and while still maintaining um, you know everything that we need to through the winter as far as ground cover as kind of kind of the recommendation uh, that we that's made. that's great advice really really great advice um, you know as kind of you mentioned you know establishing net native vegetation um, you know, especially in a reclamation project, um, you know, can be extremely challenging task, right? Um, I know um, Emmert Seed Company, you're always for thinking and thinking of, you know, new technologies, new ways, improvements, innovation. And uh, I know you guys have been working on a new tool that can, can really help and um, hopefully be kind of rolling out um, here in the next month or so, and love for you to kind of talk about seed spec and kind of what you see, you know, that tool helping kind of make these decisions um, moving forward. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Chad. We're really excited about seed spec and, and we worked hard uh, to make it a, a pretty intuitive and e easy tool to use. So what, what seed spec is, is, is we, we worked alongside, um, um, Colorado State University and their object modeling system lab to develop a web application that allows a, a user, even a, a novice layman user, uh, to, to develop site-specific seed blends based off their soils and uh, the ecological sites that exist in their project or their uh, area of interest. Um, and and that's important because we said we have to have the right seed in the right spot. So what, what this tool does is it, it takes an area of interest, um, whether you import a shapefile or you use the, the geospatial platform within the tool to draw off your pasture or your project, and it uses that area of interest as, as a cookie cutter. And it, it goes to a National Soils database and it brings back only that information uh, that we need to of these soils to develop um, the seed blend. It takes that soils information and then goes to uh, edit, which is the ecological um, 
a database that houses ecological site descriptions. And within those site descriptions, there's a species composition list of what naturally grows in that area. And what the tool does is it, it all that information is available. It's third-party information, and, and the majority of it's uh, from uh, USDA. So it's um, you kind of have to have a working knowledge to, to know how to get that information. And then um, it's, it's, it's time-consuming and sometimes cumbersome to get to it. But you have all that species information, and you might not know what's commercially available. So it cross-references the species composition list with what's commercially available and then gives you a recommendation of, of how much of each one of those species should, you, you should put into a seed blend. And it, it goes a step further, and uh, we also recommend which varieties of each one of those species is most adapted to your area. So, um, and, and then you're able to develop your site-specific seed blend to, to help uh, meet the needs of your project. And, um, you know, intuitively and easily, easy and, and quickly. So, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy or quick to develop the tool. Uh, <laughs> nobody's done it before, but, I, you know, I think our outcome and, and our product uh, accomplishes those goals, you know, and, and having the, the correct species uh, will, will help uh, establish, you know, our establishment. But another thing it does is it, it, it recommends, um, and, and you can see all the species that are adapted to that site, whether there are climax or, you know, or, or sexier species, um, or whether they're lower successional, maybe, maybe not as, as sought after. Because, you know, that's really one reason historically that we have stand failures on reclamation projects. Um, right. Oftentimes, we're, we're planting um, on degraded sites. So um, we're planting high successional species in soil that's not in a high successional state. And then, and then wondering why we're not having success. Um, so one thing we really recommend is mixing in some of these mid or lower successional species. Um, they're, they're all part, part of the complex, um, you know, natively that's out there and, and they all play a role uh, they're role players, in, in, you know, in our project, and we have to have those. We have to have those rebounders. We have to have those defensive guys in place to win. And some of those lower successional species, those are kind of the roles that they play, is they help uh, prepare the soil. They help make things um, adaptable for for our, some of our higher successional species to establish and persist. Um, so that's another part of why we're really excited about that tool coming up and, and folks being able to use it. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's extremely exciting. I mean, we all want to be a quarterback, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, and so but but everybody has a role right to play to to win right to get the ball across the goal line. And I mean, you're exactly right. And I think we've, you know, uh, unfortunately over the years we you know we always want the best right and and you, you kind of it's a little bit of human nature comes in play and, and there's no doubt that seed specs gonna you know help you know help our land managers get a leg up and uh, I'm excited about it um, Rob I mean I know you've put a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of effort in this and and a lot of expense on your end just to help people and and uh, yeah I appreciate you taking that extra step in this because uh, I understand the challenges. 
Yeah, yeah, firsthand. Um, you, you know, it was a kind of working um, to, to develop technology in the ag space previously. You know, I worked alongside right. you to do that in some in some situations. Um, it, we knew it would, it would be difficult and would be time consuming and expensive, uh, but the outcomes that are going to come from it um, uh, help help us um, help our producers help us have better outcomes. But I think it also advances the industry, and uh, it advances um, um, the ability of folks to properly manage ecosystem services across the landscape. You know, so that's uh, that's why it was worth our our time and our effort and. I applaud the Bammerts for being, um, um, you, you know, having enough foresight to, to understand and see the value of it. And then, of course, they did from, from the very beginning. And so, yeah, we do look forward to it rolling out uh, pretty soon. It'll be live in, in a month or two and everybody be on the lookout. You know, of course, we'll have a, we'll have a, um, a strategy of social media, media, um, and different ways of letting people know that it's out there and ready for use. But we, we look forward to people being able to utilize it. Well, we're looking forward to sharing, you know, that information out to everybody and uh, appreciate it again. You know, I, I think one thing, you know, kind of talking about blends and things like you've, you've talked about and utilizing the tool. Um, you know, one thing that I wanted to kind of highlight and kind of talk about and another thing I'm extremely excited about um, you know, if our partnership with, with Bammert Seed is um, a seed blend that you help design for TALTS. And we kind of rolled it out at our gala back in May. And um, that was, you know, there to kind of fundraise for our Forever Texas Fund, right? Our, our endowment that, that helps uh, run TALT um, to be able to, you know, provide, provide our services to landowners forever. And which is really, really important. And um, I'm excited for you to kind of share, you know, with, with the listeners, the Texas Heritage Blend that you came up with and the partnership with Tall. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate it, Chad. That, that, uh, that Texas Heritage Blend, I think, um, kind of tells the stories about both organizations and, uh, you know, our partnerships and how we can work together. Um, it's a it's a blend of warm season perennial grasses, a lot of tall grasses and mid grasses that that kind of fit uh, the majority of the state, along with um, many wildflowers that are that are found across the state. And um, and and so you know the the heritage that Texas Ag Land Trust uh, enables people to uh, to to continue to move forward. Um, and the um, stewardship ethic uh, that you allow, you know, your your trustees to continue to move forward, uh, falls in, in you know in line and vein with what we're trying to do do here at Bamert. So um, it's really one of the only blends, uh, house blends that we have that um, include both. Uh, our warm season perennial grasses with with several wildflowers, uh, you know, forbs and legumes, and in, into one blend. Uh, to, you look out across the landscape um, across Texas, and and you know that's what we hope to see that biodiversity with all of those um, different different types of plants growing to help with our um, 
pollinators, wildlife, grazing, aesthetics, open lands, um, uh, that that heritage that we all know and love uh, about Texas and, and, and our ag producers from Texas. So, yeah, I, we think that that blend fits that thought process very well. And, you know, we're, we're excited to announce that um, that that 10% of the proceeds uh, from the sale of this blend online will have a, a code for you enter enter TALT for that for that code T-A-L-T and 10% of the proceeds from the sale of this will go back uh, to the Texas Ag Land Trust to help support uh, your mission and your vision and your goals and what you're doing and just hopefully strengthen our partnership about um, continuing ag land heritage across the state. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it well, right? It meets our mission and, you know, both of our missions is really about how we empower the producer to be better tomorrow than they are today and to ultimately keep those working lands working into the future to provide for all Texans. And, uh, you know, I think that blend really, I mean, you articulated what it means, right? Uh, and I, I just, you know, I, I truly appreciate um, the Bamert family and, and the company as well, and, and you and Oliver, our partnership and, and uh, trying to help help our landowners and uh, help help keep Texas, Texas. Yeah, agree. Yeah, we, we appreciate y'all's work. And that's, uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, I've been blessed across my career to work with great people. And that's what makes, um, makes this for profession amazing is the people that have the passion uh, that you see every day doing what we're doing and, and nobody more so than you and your organization. So we're just blessed to be a part uh, or any role we can play in any of those efforts. Uh, it takes all of us, right, to move the needle. And, and um, well, as we kind of wrap up, Rob, any, any kind of last uh, comments or anything that we missed or you want to share? Uh, no, yeah, I just, uh, again, I appreciate the opportunity uh, not only to have the partnership and the, and the friendship with you and uh, many others like you across the state, but you taking the time to um, allow us to tell our story. Um, also, you know, um, greatly appreciate the Bamert family and what they've built and what they've entrusted in uh, the staff that we have here. Uh, we have over 40 folks on, on staff and entrusted us and and, and allow us to be innovative and continue what they've done, and um, and you know to to for us to continue uh, to demonstrate um, how how we're um, a little different. Maybe in the seed industry, uh, we value the stewardship ethic and uh, able to find the cons consultation with the great sales staff uh, that we have on on staff. So just feel pretty blessed. Yep. Well, thank you again, Rob, and um, thank you so much for you know joining us today. And also a big thanks to the Bamert Seed uh, Company uh, for partnering with Talt. And more importantly, you know, really can't thank you guys enough for what all you've done uh, across um, helping the Texas landscape. And we appreciate it very much. And uh, just want to thank thank again our listeners, and thank you for listening uh, and joining. And we look forward to catching you, catching us next time uh, with uh, Beyond the Fence Line and everybody have a blessed one. 
Beyond the Fence Line is brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust, dedicated to conserving the Texas heritage of agricultural lands, wildlife habitats, and natural resources. Find out more at txaglandtrust.org.